This is the Winning Plays Podcast on the CLNS Media Network, the leading online provider for the NBA's winningest franchise. All right, it's trade deadline week here on the Winning Plays Podcast. My name is Brian Robb. Happy to be joined today once again by Sweetie Tirada of Mass Live, who is with the Celtics in the midst of their road trip heading into the trade deadline. But Sweetie, we got a trade. We actually have some moving <laughs> here to kick things off at the beginning of the week. Norm Powell not coming to Boston. Robert Covington not coming to Boston. They are headed to the Clippers in a five-player deal with a bunch of, I don't, I don't know if you call this junk going back to the Blazers, <laughs> but nothing, I'd say nothing inspiring. Eric Bledsoe, um, Justice Winslow, I think Keon Johnson is is the, I actually know, I'm going to have to ask you about him because you, you're the college guy, so you know these guys. Come out of the <laughs> and a second-round pick heading to the Blazers. It seems like here, this is just the start of uh, not the Blazers blowing it up, but essentially them, you know, throwing in the, the wide flag on this season. And, and, but the Clippers pick up a couple good guys, and they just not for the present, but maybe for the long term for them. What did you think about this deal when you thought? Uh, first and foremost, uh, the Clippers got a, I, I don't know if, I, I don't know if junk is calling it the right term, like you said, but that, I mean, I think a lot of people in NBA circles, NBA fans, media, everyone is just kind of a little bit surprised that this was all it took to get Norman Powell and Robert Cummington. Um, so, I, I mean, I'm, I'm really surprised about it. I mean, Eric Bledsoe at this point in his career, he is what he is. Like, Justice Winslow, funnily enough, like, I had a bet with my best friend's brother, like, in 2015 about who would be better, Justice Winslow or Stanley Johnson. We were both wrong about both those guys. So, <laughs> you know? <laughs> Yeah, so we were we were over two there. Uh, luckily, neither of us had to pay twenty bucks to the other guy. But um, Keon Johnson, yeah, I mean he's he's only nineteen. Like he turns twenty uh, next month, but like you don't know. Like he was a first round pick last year. Like he, he just you know you don't know what you got in him though. Like you don't know if he's an NBA player. And he's look at this trade and you're kind of like really that that's all it took. Like I just I mean you like I, I'm sure like the offers will get better the closer we get to February tenth, but. The fact that they pulled the trigger today, uh, less than a week, obviously going into the tr- going into the trade deadline is a uh, is is very interesting. But you're up. The only thing I would add on to that is the disrespect to Juancho Gona, Hernan Gomez, and, and Bull Bull and, and PJ Dozier. Fair and, point. And Forbes is uh is uh I'm sure this will reverberate throughout NBA circles. The the forgotten trade, the forgotten team trade. There. I mean it. How many weeks are we from that trade now? Like, did that happen two weeks? It, 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 it's all a lot. I mean, when you get a trade, you just forget that has happened. And so, yeah, the Celtics, <laughs> well, we can say they've been not active at this point, but no, they've, they've been one of the busier teams so far. The, mm-hmm. the, the Bobo blockbuster will, whatever. And Wancho, by the way, he's playing in San Antonio the last few games. I don't know if you've, if you've noticed, if you've looked at the, the Spurs box scores, I'm sure you're digging into those regularly, but he's getting <laughs> a little bit of run off the bench. He's still not doing anything. There's nothing to, for any Celtics fans to worry about here. Um, but that, uh, <laughs> not another Garrison Matthews situation. Yeah, it's not <laughs> a Garrison Matthews situation in Texas. This is, Wancho is, he's getting some time and it's not, and it's pretty much what he was doing up here. So that's uh, par for the course. But yeah, so I think the, the the main name here, you know, we can, the Blazers situation, I, I, both of these teams, the Blazers and the Clippers, I feel like they're going to be making a bunch more trades in the next week because both of their rosters, they have a, like the Clippers have like a thousand guys, a thousand veterans that are like on mid-level deals and they're not going to keep them all. So they probably, and they're not really in it this year. I feel like with, with Kawhi and Paul George out. So they're, so those guys mm-hmm. could still be on the move again. Blazers are kind of blowing it up, but the, I think the main story here from a Celtics standpoint is, you know, like you said, you mentioned Norm Powell, um, a guy people assumed was available. He's not, you know, 
signed a five-year deal with the Blazers last offseason. Um, clearly, some Celtics fans were kind of pining for him. And he mm. was had here for pretty much like next to nothing. Like it was, <laughs> I think it's a, it surprised me. I think it's like, this is his deal, which was like $50 million a year. It's kind of like a negative value deal. If you just look at what the Blazers got in this in terms of, mm-hmm. you know, just clearing the money out of, out of there. Yeah. First and foremost, I would say the Clippers are, are kind of looking, sp- I mean, obviously not this year, but like going forward, like you look at that roster and I know you mentioned like they have a ton of guys, but like, once they get Kawhi back, once they get Paul George back, and then, you know, obviously Brandon Boston Jr. is apparently going to go for 50 yeah. uh, whenever they play the Celtics, you know. But, I mean, I, I look at that team and I'm like, ooh, that's that's kind of spicy. And I think that's just one of those things where ownership is is, is okay going into luxury tax territory. Obviously, that's a little bit of a different situation compared to other ownerships around the league when you have that much money to spend. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, you, you, you look at the Norm Powell contract and the fact that it goes for so long, I think that's – one of the many appeals, I think, for him, like, I mean, he, he, his contract runs through 25, 26. Like, he's, he would be 32, but you look at that and you and you like that a lot. If you are, you know, a Celtics fan, I'm sure that's why Celtics put or read it, all those things, a lot of them really bad. But I'm not I'm, I'm not too sure, though, what the Blazers are doing. It's just it, you look at that and you just kind of scratch, scratch your head a little bit and you just kind of like, I don't know, man. Like, I, I feel like he could have gotten more out of it. And I think that's the bottom line. Um, I think 20 other franchises are kind of like, really? That, that's all it took? I think, I honestly think the Celtics are looking at it and being like, oh, okay. We could have put together maybe an attractive package, potentially, and, and, you know, kind of finagling some numbers there. But I think at the end of the day, you, you just look at it as one piece. Um, perhaps maybe the Celtics will go back to the boys and be like, hey, you, you want to talk a little bit? So we'll see how the uh, next five or six days go on that front. Yeah, I mean, it looks like, like I said, the Celtics and all these teams could have could have had Powell. But it might have been a situation for all those teams where it's like, yeah, you can have Powell, but you also have to take back some extra money mm-hmm. um, like or give us back, you know, less money um, from Portland so they could get under the tax. And and so that's when that factors into all these deals and you wonder kind of mandate Portland has, you know, they have new management there right now, like what their what their true mm-hmm. game plan is. Um but it is like you, you just think about, okay, what's the, you, I look at the, the, the power deal and you think about some of its money motivated, but then you look at, okay, his contract, that's very comparable to like Marcus Smart's contract or even like mm-hmm. a Josh Richardson. He makes a little bit less than that. It's obviously a shorter term deal. Um, but then you wonder like, okay, if, if Norm Powell is essentially like they're, they're coming close to giving him away, then like, what's <laughs> the value of guys like that? So that, that's, mm-hmm. that's the, like the, the rub there. But I mean, for people getting mad about not getting Norman Powell, like this team isn't a Norman Powell away from mm-hmm. like making noise in the East. I think, I mean, Norman Powell is a nice player, but I don't like, he's like, he hits a lot of threes. He doesn't do much on defense. You know, I don't know if you want to be paying that guy $17 million a year. I mean, it's fine if you're, if you're Steve Ballmer and have all this money, but mm-hmm. like, I think it's probably safe to say the Celtics, you know, should be setting their sights on like, I don't know, bigger fish or just at least like a different, you know, pieces to go after in in combination with a guy like that yeah i think the biggest thing is that i think people look at that deal and, and they kind of think oh yeah i mean we talked about the cause just now for the past however many minutes but at the end of the day like not all nba franchises are run like steve Ballmer. like they're in yeah. the win now win now move like not this year obviously because of injuries but like i said like once you get Kawhi and pg back like that's going to be a title contender next year and steve Ballmer is basically just brute forcing his way in right like this is like the old, you know, it's, it's kind of like the Yankees. It's like, I'm in Detroit right now. It's kind of like the Red Wings like 20 years ago. Like, 
ownership obviously wants a championship and they don't care how much they're going to pay. And quite bluntly, like that's not necessarily realistic for a team like the Celtics or, or really any other franchise in the league. Like financials are a big part of it. Like you can't be like, you know, Warriors ownership either. Like getting under that luxury tag this year, I think, you know, has is obviously a priority for the Celtics. And I think that's a very fair way to do it. Like it's just like you said, B-Rob, it's just they're not a Norm Powell away from a contender. Like I understand he's a good player. I understand he's the type of depth depth player that you want around Jason and Jalen. But at the end of the day, like you got to look at the reality of the situation here. And the Celtics and the Clippers just just aren't at the same point in their franchise. And I think that's okay. Like the Clippers are win now. Like they have Kawhi and PG. But you know, I would say Jalen and Jason like give them a few more years once they're in the prime of their careers. Then that's when you can make the win now move. That's when you can trade for a third star. So. Oh, like just, just like we said, like the cost is a little bit, a little bit, you know, kind of questionable. But at the end of the day, I think you look at that and you look at the reality of the salary cap and financial situations in the future, and, and you kind of, you can kind of explain why maybe the Celtics aren't exactly going. You know, they're not putting a bunch of money in the books right now for a team that has, you know, been around the five hundred mark pretty much the whole season. All right, so let's get to the Celtics for where they're at right now. Like, where where do you see them going? Next week, when you look at a trade like this, when you look at again where they where they've been, they're obviously on a bit of a run heading into this road trip. Of are you buying into this? Are you like are you in buy mode right now? Are you in sell mode right now? If you're Brad Stevens, or are you still in evaluate mode right now and kind of being like, I mean, like I kind of want to see this uh, another you know get as close as possible to the deadline before mm-hmm. figuring out what the heck you want to do with this group. I think you, you get as close as you can, really, just because. Here's the reality. I wrote about this at MSLive.com, but the next three games, like, in my opinion, you should be winning those three games. Like, you're going to play the Pistons and Magic. Like, I know it's on the road, but the Pistons don't have the number one pick. And then you have the Magic. Then the Nets are pretty much in free fall. Like, James Harden isn't playing their upcoming game. Like, Kawhi, or sorry, not Kawhi. I keep saying his name. But Kyrie isn't going to play in Brooklyn. Like, that's another winnable game. KD is out. If you if you're you know if you are 60 and above 500, I'm not. I don't know if you necessarily go into buy mode. Like, I don't think that's quite in the works but I, I say you you try to evaluate this um i think realistically be up like if if i had to you know if you had to put betting odds on it i bet realistically like it'll just be like a dennis Schroeder trade to offload a little bit of money and try to get an asset back but hey if you get a great offer for you know josh richardson who's hitting you know 41 like 40 41 from three like i think you take that one but um at, at the end of the day like i know you wrote that marcus smart the minnesota kind of trade rumor thing like if if a team is willing to give you a king's ransom for Marcus Smart, like it'll be hard, difficult to say no. But perhaps that's that's I think maybe a little bit more down the line, maybe in the off season, if you are going to make that move. I just think you look at the Celtics, like the net rating looks looks amazing. Like you have a top five defense, defensive rating. Your offense is slowly starting to. It, it seems like it's going to work at the very least, especially with <laughs> Jason and Jalen. Like you look at the numbers and they're passing a little bit more. I know the turnovers are an issue for Jalen, but you feel good about where they're headed, and I think that's why you. At least for me personally, like I'm curious to see what the next month for the Celtics go. Just obviously, there's only 20 some games left, but if if even the next two weeks, if they can rack up wins, like hey, the East, like if the Bulls lose a few games here, you know they're gonna be down. If the Celtics win a few games, you know next thing you know, hey, Celtics are three and a half games out of first. Like that's a very conceivable future that we're looking at. And, and at this point, like I'm not necessarily sure that you want to necessarily blow that up. I don't think they will, but. It, you know, it's it's. I don't envy Brad Stevens though. This is like the. I feel like the turnaround is obviously good for the Celtics, but I, <laughs> timing wise, I feel like they tried to make Brad Stevens' job as as difficult as possible yeah, right. here coming up in the next week. Yeah, I think you nailed that. I mean, it is. It's 
I think as recently as a couple weeks ago, it was like, all right, this is a pretty clear cut. Like, this is what you're supposed to do. And you wonder how much recency bias is going to come in here where it's like, okay, you guys had like, it's been a nice stretch, but at the same time, like that's been a pretty weak schedule that they've mm-hmm. like kind of fought, which is like, again, they should get credit for that. Cause that, that's, that's, you know, they have a tough schedule early and that's why they are below 500 for a long ways. But ultimately if the end game here is like, you know, what best case scenario, like is you're like the sixth seed, and you're out in the first round and, and you didn't really do anything with both your your veteran assets and your younger guys who aren't accruing any more value by not playing right now. Like then where are you at, you know, in terms of going after title? You don't really move the needle at all this year. Like you haven't really what did you learn this year? Like, I don't think clo- like close to nothing if that happens. So <laughs> but at the same time, as you said, like the East is so tight right now and there is enough time. I mean, there's, you know, just over 30 games left. And if they do stay healthy and some of these other teams continue to be train wrecks or just have big injuries, then you make an upgrade or two, like a minor upgrade or two to the bench. And you could say, Hey, like maybe they get up to four and five and, you know, maybe they do get a good matchup in the second round. Maybe they play the bulls in the second round. And that's like something where, okay, that's Mm -hmm. you realistically could do something in the East playoffs beyond just be a, an easy out for the bucks to the net. So that's to me, that's where, the you know we're going to find a lot about where brad stevens sees the the core of this team and the future of this team if he like you know if he cares about that or he thinks it's realistic and if he doesn't then it wouldn't surprise me to see you know some of the the bigger role players be on the move because what are you keeping them for why you why are you just letting a hot month influence you in a bigger picture yeah and and you know the, the thing that i kind of take away from even just the past week is that Dennis Schroeder has just, ever since Marcus plays back, and we've talked about Schroeder a lot in terms of the bench for starter stuff, but he's more or less been ineffective and probably a net negative in the past few games. And then they, and like you said, like they're not exactly playing like these world beating teams. Like even if they are playing these teams, like, you know, like the Hornets are missing Gordon Hayward, the Heat were missing Jimmy Butler, et cetera, et cetera. But Schroeder was is pretty much giving you nothing there. And I think that's why. If, if I'm Brad Stevens, I kind of look at that and I'm like, hmm, I know you've been a great, like, fill-in starter, and the numbers show that, especially, you know, as an actual starter. But I, I look at that and I'm like, hey, you know, we're talking about the Celtics here, so you never want to exactly put too much on the health department part and just rely on that. Yeah. But <laughs> if I look at that and I'm kind of like, hmm, Dennis Schroeder isn't exactly giving me a lot here, and he isn't expiring, and, you know, maybe you do get an asset back. I, I kind of look at that and I'm like, hmm, okay, I, I think you think about that a little bit more. And, and Quite bluntly, B-Rob, like, we've talked about this at length, I feel like, this season, but the fact that the Celtics aren't playing some of their recent first-round picks, you know, besides Rob, really, like, that kind of opens the door, I think, for, you know, a guy like Peyton Pritchard. Because realistically speaking, like, you can play Marcus and Peyton together side-by-side just because, obviously, Peyton actually, you know, spreads the floor a little bit. Uh, So I I look at that, and I'm like, hmm, okay, you know. You don't love the idea of losing, you know, kind of that six starter email duck I mentioned. But if you're if you're looking at the past few weeks, you're kind of like, hmm, okay, let me think about this. Let me let me look at the rotations here. Let me let me see what email has to say and and kind of go from there. But like the past week, like Dennis Schroeder has simply been expendable. And like you know, like I like him as a player. I think Celtics fans, you know, he does some things that Celtics fans drive them crazy. But I think at the end of the day, for trade purposes, you you kind of look at that and you're like, okay, like let's see what we have here. Yeah, it's to your point on that, like the current setup just doesn't make sense to stick with. Like you keep Dennis, maybe if you find a great deal for Marcus and then mm-hmm. that way, you, like you said, you can move 
Dennis is playing much better as a starter this year. Is he as good as Marcus Smart? No, but you know, if you're getting help in other areas, then like that's mm-hmm. an alternative you have there. But if you're keeping Marcus and you're keeping Peyton, then also keeping Dennis on top of that, that, you know, the, the diminishing returns both from the Schroeder standpoint and also from, you know, Pritchard standpoint, whether it's developing him or, you know, trading him for something else when he still has value. Like, I think that's coming to play too. So mm-hmm. it wouldn't surprise me here if, I mean, if, if Brad Stevens is a, you know, believer, or just wants to see things out with this group mm-hmm. and maybe, maybe one of the young guys is on the move of the trade deadline because it's yeah. like, Hey, we're not going to be able to play these guys. If someone will give us anything for these guys, um, you know, not short of like, you know, like a, a meaningful second round pick or better. I think Pritchard mm-hmm. probably is maybe you might be able to get a little bit more than that for him because he's, you know, a little bit more proven in the NBA to this point. But yeah. the other guys, like, it's kind of like, all right, well, what are we, what are we doing here at this point? Yeah. And, you know, the thing too, I look at this team right now and I, I think you really like what Marcus Smart is doing. Like, I think last game was kind of like indicative of, representative of what Marcus has been able to do the past few games and that you look up like seven minutes of the game and he has four assists and I think he ended with like six or seven in the sense of like he was kind of it just feels like you look you watch Marcus and, and one he's obviously trying to play make but then you see Jason and Jalen were kind of struggling in that game so you're like all right let me see what I can do let me see if today is one of those games I can hit threes and he was and next thing you know you know he's he's one of the team leaders in points so I think I think the fact the the biggest thing I would take away from Marcus the past few games is just he he I feel like he's embracing the point guard role a little bit more, especially just just compared to not even just the beginning of the season, but you know, I'm sure you can speak to this a bit more. But just his reputation past few seasons before, you know, I was on the Celtics beat, so I look at Marcus and I'm like, hmm, okay, that looks pretty good right now. And and I just think if you do trade Marcus, obviously it has to be you know, Celtics fans would be furious if it's not a King's ransom essentially. But I think he brings a little bit more juice in terms of fitting alongside Jason and Jalen compared to Dennis. And I think you take a long, hard look at that if you're Brad Stevens. But obviously, you know, Marcus Martin trade rumors isn't anything new. So uh, it's just I'm sure he's just living the reality of uh, being, you know, right at that contract where it is very tradable for the for the value you're giving. And uh, it's just the reality of the business. And I think he gets that. But it's it's. Pretty much speculation for us, right? Especially coming into the trade deadline. So I think that's something if I'm Brad Stephen, I look at real closely as well. Yeah, I mean, you nailed it on smart. I mean, this is I think we talked about this at a game earlier this week. Like, I think this is probably one of his best, you know, two week stretches of his career, mm-hmm. um, in terms of buying and that's and that consistency offensively in terms of buying into his role has been tough to come by. Um, you know, at least in recent years. He's he's done it in his career during stretches, but mm-hmm. certainly not within the last couple of years when they've kind of been he's been put in a role where he's been asked to do too much at times offensively mm-hmm. so if he can continue to embrace this continue with the really good shot selection like you said the assists are piling up early in games he really seems to you know prioritize getting other guys going but also you know taking advantage of his spots when he has them when the team needs it then that's mm-hmm. that's a formula where yeah like that's going to be a guy that you want to keep and so whether mm-hmm. that this stretch influences that or not um will be interesting to see in the, in the coming days um before we wrap things up here let's hear from our sponsors who you bet online the big game is finally here next sunday with the last game of the football season and bet online has you covered from odds scores totals player performance props to where the next fired coach is going to land bet online is the number one spot for all things nfl betting in 2022 so listen up i know you're in you're in on this and now it's, it's not just football bet online's basketball hockey Boxing UFC odds coverage is the best in the business 
So from sports right on down to your Vegas, favorite Vegas casino games, Bet Online is your number one online wagering destinations. You can head on over to Bet Online or use your mobile device to sign up today, and you get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with the promo code CLNS50. It's the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports and play your favorite games. Bet Online, where the game starts. All right, let's go to prediction mode now. Let's go around the league first, and we'll come back to the Celtics here. Ooh, Who do you okay. – is there any – like what team or player, is there anything that you, you know, look around the league right now, you hear them? I mean, obviously there's the obvious names like a, a Ben Simmons or maybe a Bradley Beal, or do you, do you see one of those guys moving, or do you maybe – do you see someone under the radar, you know, that maybe there's not much buzz about, but maybe some team trying to make a splash – getting involved here what what do you what are you we looking for here in the next week yeah well i am i'm, I'm in detroit i'm from michigan like I'm, I'm very curious to see if the pistons generate much interest for jeremy grant honestly mm, good one. i think you know the celtics have been linked to jeremy grant this year and obviously last year was reported uh basically two first round picks for jeremy grant uh you know like I'm, I'm curious to see if he moves. I know Jeremy Grant specifically chose Detroit for a number of reasons, but one of those reasons was to be a number one, number two kind of option. Obviously, Do you think he, he would fit in Boston? Like, just based on that, like, on the on what you're just, just talking about right there, does that, is yeah. the fit next to Tatum and Brown, does that make sense to you? Like, you watch, obviously, a lot of Detroit basketball. Like, what do you... What would well, you what do you think of that? <laughs> like, are you used to? <laughs> well, Celtics basketball kind of takes up my time, and Pittsburgh basketball isn't exactly worth watching besides Kate a lot of the times. Right. But yeah, I think the fit question is is the biggest one, even not just for the Celtics, but like league wide, because you're you're bringing in Jeremy Grant, who's obviously you know he had a career late year last year. He was kind of you know on the lower end of All Star snubs, I would say, not like the first few, but like maybe like fourth or fifth. And you look at that and you feel you feel good about what he has done. But like like you said, B Rob, like. He specifically came to Detroit, you know, one of the reasons, one of many reasons was, was to be one of the, like, the top options. Like, I believe it was reported the Nuggets had a similar contract offer or the same one, and he chose, like, Detroit specifically because he wanted to score more. And so, in, like, a hypothetical world where the Celtics end up getting Jeremy Grant, like, you know, like, I think he will play his role. Like, I, I you know, based off of what I've seen and what I've read, like, I, I don't think he's one of those guys that, like, moves the needle in terms of, like, you know, it's like a locker room cancer or anything, or just like, well, make a fuss. But, you know, he only has like a year left on his contract. Like, I can very much so see him being like, hey, you know, I was just, you know, Western Conference finals with the Nuggets, but let me go to the Pistons. Like, I, that's, you know, I wouldn't exactly be surprised if he wanted to be that guy. And quote, my only like, hey, if that's what you prioritize in your career, like, I get it, you know, like, like <laughs> more power to you, I guess. But I think that's one guy I'm, I'm very curious to see just because I think. The Pistons kind of viewed him as a, maybe part of the core, but hey, he, he finds himself in a little more rumors, uh, it seems like. So just one of those under-the-radar under the radar guys that uh, I'm, a, I'm a little curious about going, going into this week. Yeah, you wonder if you got a taste of it the last couple of years on a really bad team, and it's like, okay, well, yeah, guys, that was fun. But, like, it's also not, <laughs> those numbers not, are good. Right, it's not as fun when I'm winning, <laughs> when I'm scoring 20 points, but we're winning 20 games. Um, and I do wonder in Detroit, too, to your point, like, do they – do they move him obviously when they can get good value for him and also because it's like, Hey, this is Kate's team now. And like, mm -hmm. we don't like, sorry, Jeremy, you're like, that was fun for a year and a half, but um, <laughs> we're going to give the keys to the, uh, the heir apparent here. Yeah. Yeah. And it could be a situation too, where it's kind of like, Hey, I showed that I can do this. Like I've proven, I've proven to the league what kind of player I am. So let's maybe go to a winner and, and maybe not score 20, 20 some points again, but maybe, you know, 16 to 18 and, 
in that role, I could definitely see him fitting the Celtics. You know, like he's he's one of those players I think is is, is pretty good versatile, and that's kind of the role he played with the Nuggets. Obviously, when when you have a Jamal Murray and a Nikola Jokic, you're not getting all the shots. So, um, I, I you know I think he would be a fine fit for the Celtics. Honestly, like I don't think he's gonna, he would like be like make a huge fuss about it. I'm sure he'll you know he'll say all the right things. Celtics championship organization, etc. So just you know a little bit of juice though. Who would you be willing to give up for if you're the Celtics? Like what's oh, uh... man. I mean, he makes like what, like around twenty million dollars a year, mm-hmm. uh, Grant. So you're obviously going to have to put. He's not going to fit into your the TPE. You're going to have to give up mm-hmm. like a meaningful piece. It's tough to find a match. I feel like because yeah, with the, with the Pistons timeline, like mm-hmm. you know, even even if you offer Smart and some other stuff, like is that uh, is that what they want at this point? I mean, yeah, yeah. Like I don't, I don't, I, I don't, I don't really see it. I will say, Marcus Smart, I think would be like a very good cultural fit in Detroit. Like he's very blue collar type energy. Yeah, that's true. And Detroit would love that. Like I could I could definitely see that fit. Um not to not to speculate too much, but just just a random comment. But yeah, I think I think if you're the Celtics, you I mean if you're the Celtics, you you would have to trade some of the, you would one hundred percent have to trade some of the young guys. Marcus would probably have to be involved. Um just, you know, maybe a Josh Richardson type, uh, you know, just to make salaries work and all that kind of stuff. But I'm sure some draft assets will also be included. Um and maybe not two first round picks if you're giving up other other like actual valuable right. pieces. But you know, I'm sure like something will have to be thrown in just because this, these are the Pistons and they are in full rebuild mode. Right. Yeah. They'd have to. You know, I'll be, it'll be interesting to see what their objectives are when they move a guy like that. Now, if they're mm-hmm. trying to get guys that you know just fit fit in better around Cade or just or just stockpile more draft picks to get you know to stay young and to really match up the core there. Um, but I like that. That's a good one. I feel like. He's certainly at least like 50-50 to be moved in the next week. And whoever does mm. get him, that might be one of the best names moved, period, at the trade deadline. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. So Celtics, we talked about them. You know, we mentioned some guys earlier here. Who do you think is I'll give you I'll go two questions here. Who do you think is most likely to be moved? And you can and you can include the 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 bull bulls or the <laughs> of the world, because that's you know, they're they're on there and they might just those I'm not sure how much they're buying into that uh, as part of the as part of the you know the long term plan here. Even though the, the team obviously is going to say that they they would like both <laughs> those guys as long as they're still here. Mm-hmm. And then give me like a sneaky one. Give me a, a surprise like, hey, keep an eye on this guy. He's not in the, the news right now, but like it wouldn't shock me if the if he gets moved. Uh, most likely, I think obviously it's Dennis Schroeder. I think that's that's kind of the elephant in the room in, in terms of that. Um, and I think Schroeder kind of knows that he hasn't talked to the media like in, in a few weeks, basically. And I think he kind of knows it. And he probably doesn't want to get like bombarded with like trade questions. Like I'm, I don't blame him at all. I don't blame him at all. Like that's not exactly something you, you know, you exactly want to answer. Uh, you know, so I get it. Um, in terms of a sneaky name, maybe someone like, I don't know, Aaron Neesmith, maybe. Just to, I don't know necessarily in terms of like, I don't think Aaron Neesmith is going to be the center of a deal. But I do think a team kind of looks like, looks at him. You look at what he's done this season. You kind, I, th- I think it's very easy to explain away, especially as a second-year player. Like I feel like with Aaron Neesmith, you can very much so easily say, "Hey, you know, like maybe the shooting hasn't translated necessarily to the NBA yet, but he had a great reputation. He hasn't had that much time on like a crowded Celtics wing rotation. Like he had the pandemic year, so and he didn't play like the power many like the final like three months of his college career. Like he's still a very raw product. So I can very much so see a team being like, "Hey." 
I think there's a little bit of juice here and something that maybe the Celtics don't love to part ways with, but in like a bigger deal, like I think Aaron Neesmith is a guy that, that not my, you know, like I said, like he won't be the center of a deal, but, but something like a team could definitely like explain their way into, I guess. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you on that. I mean, that's, he's, there's still a lot of mystery there in mm-hmm. terms of like, yeah, he's had a real rough shooting year this year with inconsistent minutes. So we saw last season, it was kind of the same story. He had like a real rough start. And then I probably honestly, when you came on in the beat Suichi and like in February, <laughs> that's when he, when he started to figure it out a little bit, I feel like. And mm-hmm. yeah, obviously he was a big part of the rotation for the second half of the season and the playoffs. And he's lost that spot essentially to Josh Richardson this year. And with Emi Adoka running a tight rotation here, you know, it just, hey, at this point, it almost like, yeah, it's just like, it doesn't having him and Romeo, it's, you know, through the rest of this year, if you're going to keep Richardson, doesn't make a ton of sense. And yeah, so, sure. it, and since those two guys are probably diminishing assets at this point, mm-hmm. then it might be a situation where you see what you can get the best for either of those guys and then make that move. If you're, if you're not yeah. sold and I'm not sure if the organization is fully sold, like you mm-hmm. know, they, they're optimistic about both, but I don't know if they're in love with one or the other uh, in the front yeah. office to the point where it's like, Hey, we're not going to, we're not going to move one of these guys for, I mean, I doubt you could even get a first round pick for either of those guys at this point. Yeah. Yeah. They are a little repetitive. I believe they're like, I think I looked this up, like their birthdays are like two days apart or something. Well, Josh and Ben <laughs> are the same birthday. Um, so looking at birthdays and everything, I'm always curious about age, I guess. But yeah, I do agree. They're, they're a little bit of a repetitive thing. I think Neesmith obviously has a little bit more, just, you know, a little bit more shine, I guess you could say, just being a second year player and contract situation and all that compared to Romeo. So, uh, yeah, I, you know, you feel bad for the guys. Like, I think they've shown some some things here. Obviously, they've had struggling stretches. But at the end of the day, like, their early 20s, like, they're just figuring this out, you know. And, and that's why I think, you know, if I'm on a, if I'm an opposing team, I kind of look at those and I'm like, hey, you know, maybe cheap, you know, like, buy low and see, and kind of see what happens. They are former first-round picks for a reason. And now one final big question. Is Ball Ball still on this team? I feel like <laughs> that's what the people want to know. Are we gonna are we gonna be able to see Bobo on the court? Which I think we the garden would absolutely erupt. I mean, he is the the, the people <laughs> people were really excited about. I mean, he's he's not gonna play until the very end of the season. And at that point, he's not gonna have a real chance to like obviously get in the rotation at that point because they'll be getting ready for the playoffs. So you're gonna see him in coverage time of that. But I don't know, ever since college, there's always been a lot of people get real <laughs> fired up about Bobo. Obviously, you know from his dad and everything, but like mm-hmm. what's uh, I, I am curious to see, I mean, that's an easy guy to just to move to get out of the tax if they end up not doing other stuff. But mm-hmm. you wonder if there's a little part of them that was like, yeah, well, maybe, you know, maybe we'll, we'll take a flyer on this guy. Yeah. I mean, you know, for, for a salary dump move for Juan Tocqueta and Goma, it's like, in my opinion, he could do a lot worse than Bull Bull. <laughs> you know, he's hard to miss. I won't say that much. He's a hard dude to miss. So, I don't know. We'll see. Like, Ime has said, like, the RFA stuff. And, like, we'll see if he has any juice at the end of the year. Like, they obviously don't have a timetable for his return, which makes things a lot more difficult. But, yeah. um, well, you know, all we know is that he's a quiet guy. and He played college ball with Peyton Pritchard. So, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to hear more about him if uh, as his recovery continues in Boston. But, hey, who knows? Maybe he does get traded. And uh, it'll be uh, – his Celtics then will be longer than his Pistons then, at least. So, you know, right side of the situation. <laughs> Yeah, this is true. All right. We're going to wrap it up right there. Again, make sure you're following Sweetie Toronto on Twitter. 
That's at S-O-U-I-C-H-I-T-R-A-D-A. And make sure you're checking out all the stuff on Mass Life. He'll be with the C's throughout this upcoming road trip. So anything that breaks, he'll be all over it there. And we'll be, you know, debating ourselves on Mass Life. We might, I think we're probably going to do a roundtable on the trade deadline this week, Suichi. I think we're, we're due oh, for that. all right. Just we should to, do the all-star draft, too. That'll be Yeah, hey, we had an all-star draft, too. We'll, <laughs> we'll be, we'll be uh, tearing each other apart after that one. But, again, he's doing great stuff there. Make sure you check him out and follow him on Twitter. And thanks for listening to the Winning Plays pod. Give us Rate us, review, subscribe, all that good stuff. And we'll be back with you guys next week. With could be a busy week here. We could have multiple pods if, if the Celtics uh, get busy. So either way, stay tuned for that, and we'll we'll keep you covered here.